0: underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and
1: hospitals get more cool facts about united healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com these aren't the stories your mother told you no these are the other stories Today's episode of The Other Stories is sponsored by Hawk and Cleaver. Hey, that's us. We're running another one of our week-long mini-courses for anybody looking to get started in 2022 with writing their own short horror stories. We're going to run the course at the end of January. It's limited to 10 spaces, so get your spot booked immediately. It's a seven-day mini-course, and it's perfect for people looking to get into the wonderful world of scaring the crap out of people. For more information, head over to theotherstories.net forward slash minicourse. Today's episode of The Other Stories is... Clones. Written by J.T. Shields and narrated by James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horace.
0: I fold the trousers into squares and take equal care with the shirts, placing each of them about a meter in front of the capsule's exits. Next... I lay the small vials of liquid in the center. They nestle the soft white fabric like a prize being presented at a ceremony. I make sure that each glass bottle sits identically. The red light blinks through my preparations, a visual heartbeat out of rhythm from my racing pulse. The frosted glass panels of the cloning pods are difficult to see through, revealing nothing more than a dark motionless outline inside the chamber. My stomach tightens, sending ripples through my core. I move back to the notes on the table, turning the pages thoughtfully, only able to read when the crimson flare has flicked to white. The notebook is at odds and needs to be adjusted so that it sits squarely with the other assorted apparatus. I move the tubes and heavy stands around until I'm satisfied, resting the pen in the pad's groove then picking it up again to underline a key passage. A sudden hiss makes me turn as clouds of steam emerge from under the rising glass of one of the cloning booths. I clear my throat. throat) So, what am I working with? I say, while smoothing out my shirt. Despite my calm stance, my chest thumps powerfully, drumming, so that it's hard to hear my voice. A wave of heat sweeps through the room and the steam dissipates its once ample proportions squeeze against me. I know full well what is at stake. I wait to see him emerge. The panelling ascends over the upright casket, pushing the last of the hot air out into the room. Perspiration nestles thickly against my brow, trickling against the side of my cheek. There is no movement, no convulsion as consciousness takes hold of the cone. My mouth is as dry as ash. The open cloning station burns red with the light. I hold back, coughing to loosen the thickness gripping my insides, not daring to peer inside. The process, of course, can be unpredictable. Recreating a perfect duplicate to the original, despite the term clone, is difficult. There are many variables with the human form, and especially the brain, which makes the species difficult to replicate, and prone to many neurological disorders. Through the doorway to the booth, I snatch a glimpse of pale flesh, a jerking movement which indicates some form of life inside. I take another step forward, legs trembling, the floor meeting each footfall too quickly. And yet through sheer will, I keep my balance. Closer, its breathing is deep and resonating. One long inhalation, followed by a deep exhalation of awakening beast. I reach the front of his pod. His body lies at a gentle angle. A sheen of sweat covers him, his hair damp and darker than my own because of it. Nevertheless, the replication is uncanny. My skin crawls at the sensation of seeing a copy of myself. Its brown eyes swiveling around in the sockets. Can't help the nausea, but I don't let it show. His head seems well proportioned, His shoulders narrow and breast tissue forms into two lumps, which I must admit makes me a little ashamed, if this is indeed how my own body may appear from an outside observer. His midsection is larger than the width of the shoulders, with notable bilateral overhangs of fat just above his. I stop when I get to the unnecessary erection, which twists my insides. Clothes, I say, pointing at the neat pile I'd taken care to assemble. He shambles forward, his mouth falling open in idiotic fashion before grabbing at his phallus with a hand and steadying himself on the edge of the pod with another. Can you hear me? Put on the clothes. His tongue lolls out the corner of his lips as he moves the hand, clutching his member in rapid bursts. The resemblance I'd noted on first examination falls away, as he shifts his gaze around the room without focusing on anything in particular. He creases his brow. But I doubt it can process much. The inner functionality of the mind is just as important as the physicality, acting in unison to create a satisfactory replication. I still hold the pen and click it formally, as if preparing to record my observations. You need to drink from the glass vial. Your body won't cope now that you're out of the chamber. It provides your body with a quick influx of enzymes to kick-start an immune response and a regulatory system away from the mechanics of the cloning station. He grabs at his penis with both hands, drool dripping down his chin as he lets out a low moan of vowels, reminiscent of an early species of human. Do you understand? I already know he doesn't. He gives me a blank, unintelligent stare before jerking his erection again in response. I reach down to the clothes and thrust them up at him, knocking the vial. It cutters across the room and comes to rest at the wall. He darts for it, lumbering, half-bent, using a combination of his one free arm and legs to propel himself. Its other hand still rakes at genitalia. Just put some clothes on, will you? I throw the bundle of fabric at him. He dodges it and backs into a corner, making that frantic, animalistic sound. He will not survive long without the balance of chemicals. Already... His movements have slowed, those familiar eyes developing a grey film, blue thread veins becoming prominent over his body. It's only as he collapses, its muscles limp, do I notice the parallels between us again. Another panel slides open from the next chamber, with the now familiar hiss of steam drawing my attention from the debacle. A swollen mass crashes wetly to the floor, Part of what must be the abdomen fall away in translucent blobs of skin. Its appendages swollen, and ill-formed, bulging eyes emerge from slits as he snorts into the air. I look away from the jellied sack, but the writhing slopping forces me to continue observations. Its cranium twists around as though it's a maggot trying to free itself from a lump of decaying flesh. The hair is wispy on the rear of its skull, leaving a ring of bare, transparent skin. Instinctively, I reach up, horrified to find the same thinning of hair. Even when the experiment goes wrong, there is something to learn. The creature throws out a rubbery limb, its fingers squeaking against the flooring as it pulls itself forward, gurgling from froth-corrupted lungs.
1: Mine.
0: It rasps as it wriggles over its clothes. The bottle crunches under its mass, crackling like gravel-embedding itself into the sluggish form. Mine... It hisses as it continues to slither. A trail of blood smeared behind it. My spine thumps against the solidness of the wall, my mind chasing after itself locked into the nightmare as my footing slips away. I'm on top of something soft. A body. corrupted version of myself. I push out against the clone I've fallen into. Its hand still rests on its now flaccid penis, fluid draining from its bowels in a dark putrid stream. The head tilts forward against my own, as if sharing a whispered message, its tongue pressed against my ear, the familiar stench, my own bitter odor overpowering me. I lash out, clawing, kicking, grabbing to be free of the thing, only rolling closer to the globular mass, still slithering in a mess of organs. Its fingers wriggling, worms reaching out. MINE. Its teeth a crooked collection of bones. A black chasm beyond. The next station shunts open. Hissing with the fever of dread and death. Possibly sensing the temperature surge. The jellied clone changes direction. Hands slapping the ground, writhing and twisting toward the opening pod. My palm is over my mouth my diaphragm contracting painfully as I retch, not wanting to face any more of the abominations. And yet, I still focus on the opening cloning booth. I watch the monstrosity flop closer, its neck twisting a bulbous head over the lip of the containment unit, mouth opening and closing pathetically. Mine. It gasps at the unseen thing inside just as the light fades to black. The darkness doesn't last for long. Once the final pod is opened, the emergence indicator cuts off. The old fluorescent tubing fire overhead, elongated bulbs clanging internally as they start. In that moment, I realize the folly. Not of the experiment, but of failing to take control. Clone steps out, over the writhing head, and stops in front of the clothes now crumpled next to the thing still twitching at his feet, while the vial tinkles gently. He looks at me. Although I know he is taking in the experiment state, I click the pen frantically as I get to my feet. I'll need to drink this to help regulate my body. His voice is without emotion. He stoops over and picks up the vial, unstoppering it and swigging it down. The veins along his throat stand out, his chest muscles are more pronounced on his slender frame. I wonder if this is a more accurate interpretation of my body. There have been corruptions in the process, he says, pulling on his clothes and glaring at me as he does so. At first I'm surprised, but then again, why should I be? The clone units restore from the last point of memory upload. If the mental capacity is there for them to accept the memory, then they should be capable of understanding the process. He throws the glass bottle where it shatters into fragments. The creation at his feet jerks at the sound, but it's partly caught against the pod, unable to free itself. Man. It splutters, the word amplified by the hollowness of the chamber. Disgusting. The now clothed cone says. The anger engulfs his face. He seizes the head of the creature, pulling it up to peer at its features. It doesn't even look like me. He says before smashing the skull of the creature into the cloning booth. Again, and again, he lifts and smashes the creature. The cracking replaced by damp thuds as bits of skull peel open, skin sticking to the metal outer rim of the frame. Stop! I mumble. The thing on the floor isn't moving, while the other me pauses, a smile across his bloodied face. What did you say? He stands and brings the heel of his boot down against the hideous failure. Once. Twice. I can stand it no longer. As I reach him, I realize too late he is ready. Perhaps his frenzied assault is a plan to create this response. His hands are steel cords around my neck. Don't! I struggle. His strength knocks me. I fall heavily to the ground as he approaches. Blood against his trousers, sleeves, teeth as he snarls. I raise my hands over my head, the pen pointing at him like a weapon. I'm collecting the data! I scream. It seems pathetic, worthless, but yet he falters, connecting to my experiment. Our experiment. I feel my cheeks flushing with embarrassment at the way I'd let everything get out of hand. I must take charge. The clone clenches his fists, red droplets of blood around his flaring nostrils and the perfect white of his teeth. We stand face to face, the pen heavy in my palm. Collecting data, he says, his voice a perfect mockery of my own. Before I can stop him, he moved to the table, pushing at the ordered collection of equipment. His finger rests on a passage in the notebook, the one I should never have underlined. The notes say we are only looking for one viable candidate, he says, spinning back to me, a triumphant glow, his arms outstretched, unable to stop me thrusting the pen into the deep brown of his eye. When it's over, I'm gasping so hard, I don't notice the clunking locks to the door until it's opening. A man is in the doorway, faded jeans and greying stubble. His eyes are blurry, still full of sleep, but there is no doubting the resemblance between this man and the failed experiments. Fucking clones, he says, before raising the gun and pointing it in my direction.
1: I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Clones was written by J.T. Shields, Narrated by James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horrors. Edited by Duncan Muggleton, with music by Duncan Muggleton and Tom Robson. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. And a quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch. And to Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading. And one big thank you to a certain Mr. Ben Errington for his ongoing explosion of content TNT he throws out of his big... (laughs) out of his big acme sack that he carries around on his back all the time. For more of J.T. Shields' work, head over to jtshields.com. James Barnett is the producer of the Night's End podcast, a short story fiction podcast with tales of horror and the paranormal. Search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You can also catch other works of his at jamesbarnettauthor.com. So, I don't know if you realize, but we are now in the future. It is no longer the far past 2021, but the distant present 2022, where the world is now built of NFTs and cryptocurrencies. Uh, I'd love to know what your favorite flavor of cryptocurrency is. I like the tangy ones with the fizzy ends. Anyway, as we're heading into the future, we wanted to give everybody a digital coupon code for our web store. So, head over to gumroad.com forward slash hawkandcleaver. Gum like chewing gum and road like I was walking along this road and I stood in some chewing gum. So head over there and use the discount code NEWYEARNEWME to get 10% off on checkout on all of our products. Once again, the code is New Me, All one word. The Other Stories is a production of the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it.